Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Commented Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and or and more, or more, and more. <laughs> and we are kicking off Spooktober. Woo! I'm going to insert ghost music here, spooky music here. Um, we have a very fun uh, Spooktober planned for you guys, ladies. Are you enjoying the fall weather? I am. I don't have... My jacket's ready. I should have bought that in advance. Now they're all expensive, but I am enjoying the cooler weather. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, same. <laughs> it is sweater weather and the kickoff spooky season. We decided to come back with a music podcast. For this music podcast episode, we will be covering the epic, the one and only 1982 uh, iconic sixth studio album of Michael Jackson's thriller take it away nia okay well as tori just said uh there is so much to cover because thriller is not just an album it's not just a music video Mm. it's an experience it was a revolution so i am not going to be able to physically cover every single thing that should be covered with this album like there's probably documentaries there's probably like books at this point literature classes on this album because it was just that monumental so if you're looking for an in-depth breakdown of thriller this is not the place this is a lot of just like basic facts like fun cute things um we'll give our opinions but like I tried my best to condense this to like three pages and even that I feel like I missed everything so I'm gonna start okay I got my sources from songmeaningandfacts.com and the wiki um and another website as well so as Tori just said, this album was released in 1982, specifically November 30th. So we are coming up on the 40th anniversary of this album. What is time? Um, you're telling me 1990 wasn't 10 years ago? Um, <laughs> anyway, um, 1982, it was his sixth studio album. And he, at the time, he was on the label Epic, um, which is under like the Sony umbrella at the time I believe but don't quote me on that um so this context behind this album um I feel like 90% of the world has heard it but I'm just going to say that in the reason why he decided to make an album like this was because the previous album he released in 1979 which was off the wall great album fantastic album I suggest everyone who's listened to Thriller please go listen off the wall because it's hit after hit um that album was very much a disco R&B album and the Grammys very much snubbed it. Like they gave it best R&B vocal, I believe. I think that's the right category, but they did not give it album of the year or record of the year, any of that kind of stuff. Um, And so after this, after that record, he was like, I'm going to make an album that is like undeniably every song is a hit. Um, He said, he was at the time frustrated that albums would have one good song and the rest were like B-sides. Um, and this is quote what he said. He said, why can't everyone be like a hit song? Why can't every song be so great that people would want to buy it if you could release it as a single? That was my purpose for the next album. Okay, and boss. so Are you telling yeah. me that Michael Jackson changed the face of album releasing? Because that's what people do now. Like, it's literally. a hit. Like, everything's a single. Mm-hmm. King of Pop. Literally. Anybody who ever tries to take the title of King of Pop after Michael, I'm going to need y'all to calm down. They're oh, my God. Born yet? <laughs> uh, the, amount of, 
the amount of quote unquote king of pops that Rolling Stone and Vanity Fair have, cr- have crowned only for them to be like mediocre, mediocre white men. Like, <laughs> <we both> what? <laughs> Tori, literally. <laughs> like, come on. And then like the, the irony of that clip of Justin Timberlake going viral weeks after like this king of pop discords. I'm like, this is your king? Wearing flannel and khakis on stage, doing looking like an uncle at a cookout. Like, please, please. Um, Usher's right there, and he's not even king of pop level. But like, at least give me names. Don't give me like nobodies, please. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so this album was very much like he intentionally wanted to make every song a single and like a hit, like no misses. Um, and it was recorded from April fourteenth to November 8th, 1982. Um, Quincy Jones was the producer, obviously the legendary Quincy Jones. Um, this album cost 750,000 to make, but inflation update, it cost 2.3 million. Hey! And listen, <laughs> albums, I don't know, pro- unless you are Beyonce, you are not getting Spending a budget this high. Never. Producing? Pro- just producing. The music videos were not even done. Like this is album. Like Oof. they don't even like this doesn't happen anymore this kind of money absolutely not um and so more context disco by 1980 was pretty much dead um so disco dominated the 70s shout out to dama summer we love the queen of disco um but white people were it's very much a white people thing white people were like we hate disco burn all the records also this is like a trend with them when they hate something they just burn shit why did they hate disco all of a sudden after y'all I, stole it and you hated it again? What happened? <laughs> I feel like, okay, gentrified disco, which is like, there's like a song called Disco Duck. Don't quote me on this. What? I don't remember who. <laughs> listen, I'm about to look this up because there is a song that was released <laughs> at the tail end of the disco era and it was called Disco Duck. I believe. I, I'm so not 100% sure. Let me type this in before I talk. And Oh, I'm correct. It was a 1976 disco duck and it's like a one-hit wonder and by the time the late 70s came along a lot of white people were making super novelty disco records and this is not the fault of black people like this had nothing to do with us like white people were taking the the genre and were just Mm -hmm. making novelty trash songs and white people were like get this stuff out of here and so they blame the whole umbrella of disco instead of blaming taking the blame where it should have been directed at the caucasians so um at the time, the white people were like, forget disco, burn it. We don't want anything to do with this. It almost killed the music industry. Um, so Michael was like, okay, we can't make a disco record. What do we do? Let's make it like a pop R&B. And they even called it post-disco. I was like, wow, not something post-disco. Let's like call it something <laughs> post-hip-hop. That's crazy. Um, like, and, it, and he added rock elements to it. So he really was like, I can't make anything disco. And he did. Um, it really was mainly like a funk, pop, rock, R&B mix. Um, Michael himself wrote four songs. I did not know Michael pushed his pen. I did not know he was a writer. Shame on me. Oh. Um, I thought this was Quincy Jones writing this, but I was incorrect, according to my sources. Um, he wrote The Girl Is Mine, Want to Be Starting Something, Billie Jean, and Beat It. And I was like, wow, okay. Okay, okay sir. Pin is the master. Right? Come on now. <laughs> and the way he would do it is like he would memorize it. He wouldn't write it on paper. He would sing it, hop in the studio, and just like sing what he did and then add on to it that way. And Wanna I'm like, be okay. starting something sounds like something you just sing in the studio. <laughs> right, right. Sounds like very spur of moment. 
um this like what's wild is that this album was like one of, i believe one of the first albums that had singles like more than five singles um the girl is mine billy jean beat it want to be starting some human nature pyt and thriller were all singles so that means most of them had music videos which was like unheard of like right. labels weren't trying to spend money on multiple singles like why would you do that you waste money but not in this case michael's like make a music video for most of these songs make everything a single if this was a visual album it would have been crazy i mean that's just kind of wasn't it kind of a visual album for its time to have that many music videos oh of course like for its time definitely but i feel like if he would have if there was like just that extra like make a music video for every song would have been maddening Mm. like the whole industry would have like stopped um (laughs) okay so the numbers Get ready. Buckle up the numbers. Sold 32 million copies in one year. Jesus Christ. Spent 122 weeks on the Billboard 200. Um, It is the best-selling album of all time still, and nobody is even close. Selling 70 million copies worldwide. Um, It is certified 30 times platinum by the RIAA, which is three times diamond. That's crazy. Um, nobody is seeing these numbers. <laughs> not a Nobody. person is seeing these numbers. <laughs> and I feel like the 70 million might not include every media that comes. Like some people, when they say I sold this many records, they're including like singles. They're including like mm-hmm. everything in a package. This is just the albums. Ooh. Like that means 70 million people plus went to the record stores back then and bought the album um physically um this okay another point was that michael and quincy were not satisfied after the completion of the songs a lot of them so they went back and spent nine weeks remixing each song and they clashed a lot during the recording process i didn't know this i thought they were kind of just like friends i guess they were friends who knows but i just i didn't know they clashed during the process um so this album how do i begin to describe how famous it was um, this album, my, by the time Michael, okay, Michael was a kid star. He was mm-hmm. a child star with his brothers, the Jackson Five. So people knew him, um, but his transition to adult fame was not as smooth as people think. He actually had albums in between the Jackson Five stopping and Off the Wall, which was like considered his first breakout album. Mm-hmm. Um, those albums did not sell great as well. They sold, they sold, but they did not do monumental numbers. Um, and that was when he was a teenager. So his voice was changing, that kind of thing. Um, and so people were like, can he transition to be an adult star? Like he had to literally reinvent himself. So by the time Off the Wall came out, that sold like 10 million copies, which was huge. But like to see this level of success, um, it was unreal for, for the time. Like it catapulted him to international superstardom, like Pope level. Um people all over the world knew who Michael Jackson was. And this was not just the best-selling album of the year, was the best-selling album worldwide. So literally every country was playing this record constantly. Um, And he broke down real racial barriers for television, for radio, for music, like completely. Like, uh, I I know it's hard to, like it's hard to compartmentalize that the music industry was incredibly segregated seeing how mainstream like hip hop is nowadays and rappers are on every radio, like every station and they're the ones winning the Grammys. But there was a time when it was like black folks over here 
with your R&B, your quote unquote urban stations. That was a thing. And then the white people with their rock stations and pop stations over here. And those things didn't mix. So the idea of crossing over meant that a black artist had to may actively try to get on white radio which means maybe changing the way they dress, changing their their songs, changing their the way they were marketed. Um, and Black folks called it a lot of times selling out, but that's a whole other conversation. There's a lot of books <laughs> written on the time about selling out in the 80s and all that stuff. That's not this podcast. Um, so Michael was the first like massive Black artist of that time period to cross over and not just cross over and kind of have like a hit, but like cross over and be like a household name, a superstar, the biggest star in the planet. Um, MTV very much was a station that would only majority play white music videos. Um, And for those who are young, MTV used to play music. (laughs) Um, I can't believe there probably are people who don't know. Right, I had, to, <laughs> I had to preface it because I know some people be like, huh, what is she saying? No, listen, MTV used to play music. It's called music television. So they only used to play music and music related content. Um, but then uh, Michael, during that time, white artists were all that was played in rotation, the rock bands. And MTV was very much quote, like on record saying that we didn't think, they thought that black artists were too scary, quote unquote. That was one of the producers that Ugh. interviewed David Bowie at the time. I, I, I might find that clip somewhere, but they thought it was too scary, too radical for middle America, quote unquote. Never, and I hate that term middle America because there's black folks in middle America, but like, but that's what they meant. So they would keep like black artists off there. But Michael, when the thriller era, they were like, they were playing his music video regularly, which was unheard of. And he was literally the person who catapulted music, black artists into that mainstream space. Um, and he like the, I, okay, <laughs> there's so much. Okay. Thriller, the music video itself was the first of its kind. So music videos, having a storyline being 10 minutes plus and having a budget that big plus the choreography that making it like a movie unheard of no one had ever done it before so to for people this was an event like to see a movie music video changed the way people saw music videos they didn't think of a music video as just like a tie-in or like something you forget about like something that you just get done with it was like oh the music video is the promotional tool that promotes the music like people were like mind blown um and it made the music video more relevant so it made the music video be a part of the whole like I'm dropping an album I'm releasing a song and I'm releasing a music video with it that normalized that which is mind blowing that's crazy um, yeah. right like we wouldn't have the music videos we have today if he didn't do thriller um so it turned music videos into like a serious art you know and the awards are endless. So I'm just going to talk about <laughs> it's been inducted <laughs> into the Grammy hall of fame, the national film registry and the library of Congress national recording registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Um, during the 1981, the 84 Grammys, y'all need to watch this. Like this clip, it went viral on Twitter a couple months ago. Michael was said, I'm wearing a blinged out gold suit 
with nothing but like sequins on it. And I said, oh, he looks kind of good. What's happening? <laughs> um, like he was iced out. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like, you're not going to see this level of superstar. This is crazy. Um, I have oh, yeah. It. That that outfit. Yes. Yes. This outfit. You have you got to post he it in looks the chat. Great. Yeah. No, this is iconic. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this Literally. Was like, the, they don't dress the boys don't dress like this right they don't care it was enough the military style jacket <laughs> yes yeah okay, yes that outfit wild. yes and then if you see whenever he's accepting the words the audience is just like ah! <laughs> it was <laughs> wild um he won k-pop boys wish they wish oh like oh they wish they tried to for a bit they tried they did they did that <laughs> yeah. didn't go lie they did attempt <laughs> there was an right. attempt made <laughs> right um he won eight a record record at the time eight grammys in one night and that same year eight american music awards but the grammys he won artist of the, album of the year and record of the year for beat it um so the critics which is, this is crazy to me because someone who listens to old music, critics in the 80s hated everything. They, <laughs> they didn't like the worst. Album? No, no, they loved it, which shocked oh, me. Okay. Like oh nobody's business. I read these, I read these reviews and I said, five out of five? I said, what? And of course, Rolling Stone gives it a four out of five because Rolling Stone racism. Right. But like I saw all of these reviews, I said, there's no way. <laughs> Critics okay. in the eighties. It genuinely oh. is a five out of five. Like genuinely, right, it is. Mm-hmm. Slant magazine gave it five out of five. Blender gave it five out of five. All music gave it five out of five. And I was shocked because I like older music. I look at the reviews. The critics in the eighties, if it was pop, they were like, "We hate you. You can <laughs> d word. We want you to get out of our face." And this carried into the nineties. Oh my god, the hatred critics had in the nineties for certain pop artists. I was like, "What? Oh my god." Like, why y'all wake up angry? Oh my God. So I was thoroughly shocked that they were like universally loving this album. Um, Cause I was, I was expecting the whites to be like extra mean to it because it was popular. Um, so, but I was very shocked that they love it. Love to see it. Wish they would have done the same for other black artists, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they did not. Um, but I love that they love this album. That means this album truly was one of a kind truly um okay now leading on to more of the legacy of this album he was like at this time in his career he could not go places like even during off the wall he was very popular but like this time he could not go to places like he couldn't go anywhere um without being mobbed or like attacked or like like completely like hey what's another word like just mobbed in public um he had a meeting with reagan because it was so popular fuck reagan we don't like reagan in this house um he reagan the president he's terrible president one of the worst in history and that's a very very low bar (laughs) because most of the presidents are ass (laughs) but um being a black a black artist being such a pop icon because he was very much marketed as pop and it's really interesting because to me, when I was listening to this album, I didn't think pop. But in retrospect, I know that that's not quite like what people might have thought at the time. But to me, I was like, this doesn't feel like a pop album. This sounds like an R&B album to me. But mm-hmm. that's like, but I think that's just my recency bias talking. Um, the the A lot of people in the industry, in the music business at the time, the executives said that he literally single-handedly revived the music industry by himself. 
um he would like everyone even if you were not at epic records you were feeling the remnants of what he was doing in your end which is crazy um there was thriller was around the peak of the album era so which had positioned full-length records ahead of singles as the dominant form of recorded music consumption and artistic expression in the industry and albums were selling like crazy um the whole industry was feeling like i said the success of his album uh gil friesen the then president of a&m records said that the whole industry has a stake in this success um this um like i said before about crossover records um michael was seen as like the black artist that everyone in the world loved like not just managed to cross over but like the black artist if that makes sense um this okay from the moment thriller was released it set the standard in the music industry artists record labels producers marketers and even choreographers took notes and said let me do what he's doing and implement that in my own stuff so the legacy of this album is seen everywhere um and this 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 blew my mind. I said, "Ain't no way." The album still sells an estimated 130,000 copies a year in the US every year. And I said, "Ain't no way. Ain't no wow. way." I said, "The girlies today can't even sell 20,000 records streaming." <laughs> and you're telling me this man is selling 130,000 like what? Like just annually, it, it, just casually, just just casually, not doing, not the estate is doing not a thing. Like what? <laughs> um, and this don't even count international sales. I said, ain't no way these numbers are real. Um, okay, I didn't know this. Eddie Van Halen, I think he. Okay, I don't know rock music. Don't come for me. I don't know who he's the lead of. Van um, Halen, right? That's a band. Yeah, is it was, is it Van Halen? Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure the <laughs> band is called Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there it is. Is it is it not Van Halen? <laughs> I had listen. I said I was about to say something dumb like ACDC or something. Listen, I don't know the rock yeah, music. The band was called yeah. Van Halen. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I was like, I, okay, I know great, man. <laughs> okay, good. Thank y'all. Okay, he was the one who did this guitar solo on "Beat It." Oh, nice. And so he did it free of charge. And I and also they say that he like the certain the inclusion of white artists on this album also helped it get more crossover and on white radio stations quote unquote um and this is just what my dad wanted me to mention because i told him we were doing this episode he said <laughs> Bruce i should Whedon, ask my mom i should ask my mom she was like 20 in the 80s yeah right yeah he said mention bruce sweden who was an engineer for the album who literally was like the top engineer for about 20 years straight oh. um and this album like catapulted him to like being the go-to engineer that everyone wanted to work with even before this, he worked with people like Duke Ellington, um, Sarah Vaughn, Dinah Washington, Count Basie, and he just had a huge resume. Um, my dad's a fan of the Shy Lights, which is like an older like soul group. Uh, so he was just like, uh-huh. talk about Bruce Wayneson. I'm like, okay, dad. Um, so yes, the, everyone who was involved with this album had long-term success in their careers long after being involved with this. Okay, and last... The song, <laughs> that was just the album, the song. This will not be long. It, this, this song did not go to number one, y'all. The song wow, peaked really? at number four. That's bananas to me. Is I it, said, it peaked at number four because all the other hits on the album. <laughs> like, right. That's why. Right. But it's like even this one couldn't make it, which is crazy. Um, it sold 13 million copies worldwide and is the first music video indu- inducted into the National Film Registry 
It has been named by the greatest music video of all time by various publications and readers and just the general public. And I said, it's still charting. Um, it charted last year at number 19, literally last year, y'all. Um, it's probably going to go even higher come this spooky season. So it's giving all I want for Christmas. So the day that Thriller becomes number one might be in two years. <laughs> like if I'm just looking at the numbers, because the year before that in 2020, it was at number 48. And then before, like it just, it's keep, it's climbing. So Michael's going to get another number one. I'm seeing it in the future. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just, there's so much more I could say, but we'd be here all night. I've talked way too much. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for the music history and you, you know, we always appreciate it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we get to talk about the tracks on the album. We're going to go song by song. We're going to talk about what we like about it. Starting off with the bang, bang, banger of opener for an album. Wanna be starting something. Now, look here. Look here. I have always kind of loved this song. Listening to it front to back. Proof that I would have been a club girly in the 80s. I would have been at the <laughs> 80s clubs dancing my... I've been dancing like an 80s club girl since I started listening to this album last week. <laughs> I just... I would have been a nighttime girl. You know I don't go to clubs. You know Tori don't go outside. I would have been outside. I would have been knocking on Nia's door every other night. We going dancing? We going dancing. Girl, come on. We going dancing. You want to talk about a bop? There's crack in this song. That's these are the type of songs that will stick in my brain forever. And it's so funny because when I think of like aesthetics that I love or periods in time in which I love, I'm not a huge fan of the 80s. I think I like 80s music, but like the 80s fashion aesthetic is not my favorite. I'm a 70s girl. I love the 40s, you know, the 20s. The 80s, yeah, the fashion wasn't it. But I was so obsessed with the song that I started watching like dance club videos on YouTube of the 80s. I was like, yeah, yeah. Your girl can't twerk for shit, but I would be whatever the fuck they be bouncing to <laughs> in the clubs <laughs> of the 80s, I would have been there. You can't tell me your vegetable isn't aligned. I would cry if somebody called me a vegetable. I said, why is this such a good ass line? You're a vegetable. I never understood what he meant by that. Even as a kid, I always wonder like what does that mean? Like what is he They're gonna by eat that? you. You ain't shit. You're just a vegetable. You're a vegetable. But yeah. like in the context of the entire song, like what does that mean? You're a puck. I guess I guess you're just a puck, but I love wanna be starting something. Okay. What about you, Marin? How did you feel about wanna be starting something? Um uh I thought it was a great song. Um I said my brain is not functioning when this song song comes on. All I do is I start snapping my fingers. <laughs> oh. It's so 80s, and I love it for that. Oh, yeah. It's it's like a very iconic 80s song. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very much good. What about you, Corey? Yeah, this song is just a classic. Like, everyone knows this song. Everyone has been used <laughs> in every commercial you could possibly think of. It's like a song that you mandatorily have to dance through to. And then, like, not only has this song surpassed the test of time, but it lives on through another iconic classic song Rihanna's yes. please don't stop the music <laughs> like <laughs> yeah if you don't know where that sample comes from it comes from this song so yes and she will yeah. be performing that at the Super Bowl everybody stay tuned the next February oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> Per, per, 
fire. Put 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 the energy out in the air. Um, was did I make this up or did somebody on TikTok try to say that the lyrics weren't "Mama Say Mama Sa Mama Musa"? I don't. Didn't know. they say that the lyrics were something else? I don't know. I think I might have made that up. I don't know. I don't. If there are actual lyrics, I don't want to know them. Right. It's "Mama Say Mama Sa Mama Musa." Now, Nia, how do we feel about one of you starting something? A hit. A hit. A classic. <laughs> um, I heard this song so much as a kid that it kind of like the magic is kind of worn off on me, but I love mm. the song. It's just a great, great dance song. Yes. It's a great dance song. Okay. Next we have Baby Be Mine. Uh, Marion, how did um, you feel about Baby Be Mine? Baby Be Mine was a surprise for me because I didn't know this. I didn't hear the song. I didn't know about the song. So when it mm. played, I was like, oh download immediately not even <laughs> not even the like button on spotify no download it so that way if i'm ever out of service i can hear the song <laughs> um, i feel like this is like the kind of song i'd play like in the spring or summertime when i'm driving because i drive with my windows down a lot and i really mm-hmm. like to play music so i'd probably put this on during that time okay very cool what about you Corey? Yeah, so I actually had heard this song before a few years ago. There, I used to watch like a lot of, um, you know, like One Million Dance Studios and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I used to watch like a lot of videos like that on YouTube, and I heard this song in one of the videos, but I could like I could never find it. So I was like so surprised when I was listening to the album. And I heard I was like, oh, it's the song, and it's like really really good. The same as Marion, like I immediately downloaded the song. I was like, that's like it's very underrated. People need to talk about it more. Hopefully, like. Maybe it'll become a TikTok sound and then it'll go number one or something like that. The way Chicago did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Chicago literally started trending out of yeah. nowhere. Oh, okay. What about you, Nia? Yeah, I I echo the same thing. I was shocked because I didn't know the song and I said, Whoa, feels like a banger, feels like a song. Um, might be my favorite on the album. And that could be and the thing is I say that in the fact that like I've been so overexposed with like the other songs, even though mm-hmm. I know they're great, but like mm-hmm. getting a new song from this album that I was like un- not prepared to enjoy, I was like, Oh, this is this is a hit. Might I kinda wanna I wanna hear his unreleased music now. I feel like he has so much stuff from this era that he probably didn't put out. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I like the song. I think I've probably heard it once or twice. Uh, I thought it was a groove. It was probably one of the only. We'll talk about the lyrics. This may be writing. <laughs> I said it's the only <laughs> f- not fuck ass love song. <laughs> Cause some of the lyrics he said, "Look, Michael, we gotta talk." <laughs> um, next we have a song that I was totally not expect, uh, uh, not expecting. The girl is mine, Corey. How do we feel about the girl is mine? Uh, so no for me. Um, <laughs> no, she's a very cute girl, but she's gonna have to be sent home to the hotel to pack her bags. She's not <laughs> and then running. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like the song, it was kind of giving like you know, like in kindergarten when somebody would come to your class to sing. <laughs> it was kind of like that. Like it was really like Disney, like Mickey Mouse. Like I don't know, I didn't like it. It's giving mouse tool. It's giving. Yeah. <laughs> It was it's yeah, but song. It's okay. I don't think it fits the album. <laughs> okay. What about you, Mary? Um, the first time I listened to it, I was like, no, I didn't even listen to it the whole way. And then the <laughs> second and third time, I was like, okay, it's going on me. It's definitely, I would put it on if I was cleaning the house on a Sunday morning and mm-hmm. I needed to stop playing the music that was making me not clean and dance. And I'll be like, okay, let's put this on. I'll just, like, sweep the floors or something. 
Yeah, I wrote it's the '80s white version of the boy's mime. Um, it's oh wow, <laughs> that's that's too accurate. Corey. That's way too accurate. It's it's like the way that they started talking to each other. I'm like, first of all, this is so out of place on my hit album. We just had a bop back to back. What the fuck is this random ass song? Um, yeah, she's not it. She, I think it's the only song for the album that I didn't add to my liked list. It just wasn't it. How do we feel about India? I deep sighed when I heard it. I said, <laughs> and I looked who was featured and I double sighed and I said, the loudest sigh in the world. Um, why was this on the album? That's the question I have. Like, that's the, because it ruins the vibe. It ruins the energy. It ruins, <sighs> like, if you're, okay. I know, okay. How do I say this delicately? Um, I don't like the Beatles because I wasn't raised on mediocre. Co- mm. um, I listen. The Beatles are mid. 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 mid like, like what y'all saw. And I mean the collective y'all, AKA like mainstream white society, what the collective y'all saw in them. Ah, it's not. No. I don't want, so I've been bombarded with this song and I, I heard a beetle on it and I said, turn that shit off. I don't want to hear it. Um, yeah. Zero out of 10. Sorry, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about how mid the Beatles are another time, but it was a really weird feature and I don't understand why Michael was just like, sure. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Next we have the iconic, the bad bitch. The namesake herself, Thriller. Iconic. A little long, but still iconic. I do love the narration in this song. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the end? It, I, it, yeah, I think it adds to the vibes. I watched the music video earlier, and I was like, this is 13 fucking minutes. But you better come on, <laughs> dancing zombies. I better get out of the street and dance. Um, so, it's yeah, really I think I remember. Um, sorry. Go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. It's Vincent Price going... The like to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Like, oh. <laughs> My soul scared. I really don't. Like it, but however iconic, <laughs> right? Yes. Um. Um. I th- I was watching the music video, and I th- I remember watching it when I was younger and being slightly terrified, but also really intrigued because even then, when we were younger, there weren't a lot of groups that were doing thirteen minute films as music videos. Yeah in america like there wasn't and so to watch that um was really really fun uh how did we feel about it Corey? yeah i don't really have much to say like it's just a classic song um i've seen this video like like a hundred times at least because i used to have one of the michael jackson dvd thingies so Um, yeah i don't have too many words about it it's really good okay i know Marin said you didn't like the 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 laughter in the song I just, his whole part his whole part. i don't know why we had to go so hard on this like the ending is too good like i was sitting in my car listening to the song and i was gonna skip it i was like you are 24 years old sit here and, like, and i sat in there quiet in my car i was not hand gripping my my steering wheel i was like i'm just not comfortable listening to listening to this but i sat through it um but to me Thriller's an amazing song. Um, God, I don't even know um, what to say else, but um, 
I can't believe that this song isn't a soundtrack to the movie, to a movie. I don't understand. Right. People will make songs like this today, but it will you'll see soundtrack next to it. No yeah. one will make a music mm-hmm. video. It's almost like Michael and Quincy Jones wrote the script for the movie and for the music video and then made the song it because it fits uh-huh. so well so yeah like, why is all of vincent price's movies horror house on the haunted hill the last his man voice right his voice, yeah, his voice very much stephen king like that kind of <laughs> does he narrate books i don't know i mean he passed away in 1993 rest in peace mm. but like he like I'm looking at like every time I hover over a movie title, it's like a horror poster. Mm-hmm. I don't Ooh. know why, but the the terrorized y'all's neighborhood line is so funny because it's so black, like it y'all's. Is. Is. Y'all. So when I when I looked at the I didn't know he was white Same. for the longest. Time. I found out today. I went and saw a clip, and this white man popped up. I said, huh? "What?" Yeah, I thought it was like an old black guy. <laughs> okay, one second. Mia's gonna come back. The internet does not like us. Right, right. It's still very much iconic. That was a great pick, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, we need a voiceover. Get famous movie actor Vincent Price. <laughs> oh, we were born in the same hometown. <laughs> I cannot believe that they finished the making of the music video of Thriller, saw how much it cost, and they were like, yeah, we'll do three more. Huh? <laughs> I would I would have seen that bill and I would have been like, yeah, mm-hmm, that's all you're getting. Oh yeah. But like you had to have faith that Michael was just gonna make that shit yeah, work. You really did. Cause a two million dollar producing budget? That's not even the music video Nia said. That's for crazy. just the booth and the tracks? <laughs> How much was Vincent's check that y'all were spending two million dollars <laughs> <laughs> on just the recording process? <laughs> insanity okay nia how do we feel about thriller um it's a classic it's um uh forever duplicated never imitated whatever that phrase is um yes like right um yeah never i think it was forever imitated, something like that yeah yeah something like that <laughs> <laughs> um no i just i've seen this video so many times <laughs> i was like it's in my subconscious um yeah and the popcorn gift. It gave us the popcorn gift. So oh, yeah. Meme culture. For, right. Meme culture. Yeah. I wonder if Gen Z has ever actually watched Thriller or they only know Michael Jackson from that meme. That's No, they've mm. seen Thriller. Like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you know. never know. You never know. You never know. No, these people have seen Thriller. Y'all, they've seen Thriller. They have. But you know, Stranger Kids did like spark an obsession with the 80s for a lot of Gen Z kids, so maybe they did. Stranger like, Things. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're moving on to another iconic hit. Beat It! I always get Beat It and Bad mixed up, the music videos. Mm. Oh, but, yeah, I see how. I can see yeah. how, yeah. But it's two different Michaels, so I shouldn't get them mixed up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've always I like the song. I think it's a very good song. That guitar in that song is so very much iconic that it can't be mm-hmm. like ever I think replicated ever. 
um, I just want to know. <laughs> I watched the music video and I was like, why are we in danger? Michael has never known gang violence a day in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad his music could stop a gang war. The choreo is badass, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always look at Michael Dance and I'm like, the boys aren't doing it. Especially the boys on American soil. Mm-hmm. Y'all are lame as fuck. <laughs> I was like, when were we going to get like dancing badasses again who just like throw in all these different like types of dance style into their dances and not to stand there with backup dancers. So yeah. Um, I like to beat it though. What do we think Marin? What do we like? Um, what do we like beat it? It's a classic. It is also my favorite <laughs> dance in the Michael Jackson the experience game. I'm always getting hundreds. I do the footwork as well. If you don't do the footwork, you can't play the game with me. It's not fun. Um, yeah, it's a great song. Yes, also, yes. it's one of the few, not one of the few, but Michael isn't a menace to a woman in this music video. So I'll right. take it. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, Corey, how do we feel about Beat It? Uh, yeah, I love this song. It's one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs. And another one of the videos that I've seen like hundreds and hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of times. Uh, I never knew that the leader of van halen did the guitar it makes sense though it makes a lot of sense everything about this song is good though everything about this song is good yes uh nia how do we feel about beat it love it um i like the song more than i technically should have i feel like all these components put together like if it's an algorithm it shouldn't be good but it's great Mm -hmm. um i really enjoyed it yeah I think it's a good song. I still don't understand quite understand the music video and the meaning of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I mean, he was trying to appeal to the street people of New York. It was basically like, like, basically in gangs, you have to get jumped to get in. That's basically what right. he was talking about. Yeah. I just took it very literal. I yeah, like, get out of here. You're not about this life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's a That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I have so much to say about Billie Jean. So, <laughs> the music Billie Jean. I think the song is great. I think the song is really good. I have so much to say about the lyrics, though. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Corey, how do we feel about Billie Jean? Um, amazing song. It is required by law that you moonwalk as soon as it starts. You have to stand up and moonwalk. Um, like Tori said, the lyrics are very like questionable. Like, whose child is it? <laughs> Fuck ass. <laughs> what? Fuck ass lyrics. <laughs> What did I just say? An absolute menace. <laughs> and there was eyes. so much controversy around this song too, like a bunch of made up controversy. There was like, because I remember seeing like a documentary about it or something about Michael Jackson, and there was some white woman who was claiming that his child, the child that she had, was his. I, and they were like, "This is why he made the song." I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true, but that's what I already I mean. When you look at the music video; it's heavily applied. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it had to. Yeah. Okay. Um, Marin, how do we feel about the song? Um, I said, first of all, the music video is iconic. The intro mm. of the bass line and the drums and the strings. When I tell you it takes me to another plane, like I am not here. <laughs> and then it just keeps getting better and better. Yes. Yes. How do we feel about it, uh, uh, Nia? Love it. This is like one of my favorite songs in the album. It's mm-hmm. giving melodies giving it's more r&b than i think people give it credit for yeah um, i yeah. love this song it has a really good funk in it now i when i listen to billy jean i'm just like okay 
I feel like a lot of the songs where he has women as the title, it's got a lot of issues. Annie, Are You Okay? <laughs> was about a woman getting murdered. We got Billie Jean over here trying to, I guess, be a snake and get child support for a kid that isn't his, but the eyes are the same. You said she showed you a picture of a baby crying and the eyes are the same. The kid so, is not his son, like he said. The kid is not, not his son. son. But y'all were dancing on the floor in the round. round. <laughs> like, <laughs> what did Michael tell the truth? Like, come on. Come on, sir. I was just like, you know what? Well, look, the B- Billy Jean being right before human nature, there's a lot going on. Listen to what I say. <laughs> also, the music video, who the fuck was the man in the trench coat? Was that a detective? Was yeah. that the paparazzi? I, so. I still don't understand. Oh, <laughs> that is true. It could have been paparazzi. Yeah. I thought it was a detective. That's true. Wow. That was so weird. And the whole, like, the tiger cub, what was that about? I was so confused. That was just a light flex. Okay, now we move on to human nature. When I tell you I love this song a lot, the beginning, the piano, the um, uh, reaching out across the water. It's very very good i think it's probably one of my favorite songs on this album um we'll get to the fuck ass lyrics in a minute let me hear you guys' opinion on it uh cory how do we feel about human nature yeah so i actually didn't know about this song until i was like 14 or so because i i knew the swv version that's the only one that i like fully heard as a child so like when i first heard like the actual original i was like oh this is really nice and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's just like a chill vibe, I guess. It's like a summer morning type song. Nice day. The lyrics, though, I don't know why I always assumed the song was about, like, the earth. I I don't think I was paying attention when right. I was listening to it. <laughs> right, I was like, like I, I wasn't paying attention. I like, I just assumed that it was about nature. <laughs> like, actual nature. <laughs> oh, Nia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do we feel about human nature? Love this song. It's (laughs) an R&B. Well, R&B radio played this song like it was their day job. Like they woke up and said, (laughs) play human nature right now. And I've heard this song like front to back like 9,000 times. So even though I I ride hard for the SWV version because I feel like that elevated the song to new heights. And also, fun fact, he cleared that sample without charging them. Shout out to... That's a great oh. thing. Um, but yeah, but like... Really yeah. Um, but the original great song, it's... I love that, like... That's why it's so confusing to me. I'm like, this is an R&B album. I don't get it. I know it's pop, <laughs> but, like, I don't get it. This is R&B. But, yes, <laughs> great song. Okay, uh, Marion, how do we feel about Human Nature? Um, it is not a song I would listen to regular, regular, regularly, but I would mm-hmm. not, um, I wouldn't skip it in a playlist, but it's not really for me. Yes. Now listen, maybe I, my, my period brain is messed with me or maybe I'm being very pessimistic, but Billie Jean followed up by human nature. At first I was like, okay. And then I started looking at the lyrics for the song and, um, you can't tell me this is not Billy Jean singing. Why does he do me that way? Why is he treating me like that? And Michael being like, "It's human nature. It's fine." You can't tell me it's not what the songs about. <laughs> I was not big fuck boy this lyrics song so much that I don't. I didn't even know those were the lyrics. <laughs> okay, in the home stretch, pretty young thing. How do we feel about that? It's a jam. Pretty young thing. 
did he coin this phrase or was this like aave that he just turned into a song i don't i don't know right i don't know either I really either don't way know. it solidified itself in 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 aave language it's in the dictionary um it's jam it's a whole bop it reminds me of black romance movies um and while i was listening to it i was like i need a musical now with all black songs and this used to be a confessions song at a roller rink <laughs> that's <laughs> what this song gives me like would, wouldn't you just love like a black musical that was just like purely rom-com with just a bunch of black people like in maybe a 70s 80s aesthetic but you're just using songs from all the different eras Ugh, it would be great um Corey, how do we feel about pretty young thing i put in my notes that if i was a young adult in the 80s <laughs> and a man sang this to me i would have went home with him the lyrics <laughs> are so like you yes. like you wow you feel this way about me like oh my god like, <laughs> yeah i really 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 like this song um it's still as with all of his music stands the test of time it's very cute will be played at many black weddings for centuries to come yes yeah. yes yes what about you nia how do we feel about pretty young thing i was like time to get up onto the dance floor <laughs> i listen dancing like this is a song like and it's one of those like call and response like na 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 i was like oh yes. wow it, this is a song this is i on the floor sweaty like i would have been dancing this is a song right. you dance to. right right this is a great song oh and how do we feel about pretty young thing mary <sighs> i'm so serious don't even <laughs> i i I listened to the song today, danced to it, and I was out of breath. I had to like take a moment. Like, I can't, I can't, I physically can't think of anything until the song is over. This is my favorite song on the album, but it's really good. yes. I think it's it's a it's a really great song. Mm-hmm. Um, last but not least, we have the lady of my life. Um, it's nice. It's not my fave. I thought it was interesting for him to use a slow jam to close out the album. Um. I've always heard this song before. It's a really, it's a really chill song. Um, what about you, Corey? Yeah, I listened to it the first time and I thought it was nice, but I didn't really like pay pay attention to it. But then when I was listening to the album again today, I actually like ended up really, really, really liking it. But I think that's because I had been listening to a lot of slow jams in that uh, queue that I started. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up actually like downloading it. I thought it was really okay. good. Okay, what about you, man? Um, also, one of the songs when I first listened to it, I didn't like it, and but then I was like, um, like I feel like I could listen to this on a chill Sunday night. Yeah, it's definitely those type of vibes. Last but not least, Nia, how do you feel about "Lady of My Life"? Well, I loved it. I'm a sucker for '80s power ballads, and this is an R&B ballad specifically because, like, it doesn't have like the big. How do I put it? It's like those 80s power ballads had the big drums and like the sweeping guitar solos. Those are, they're very mm-hmm. dramatic. So this was like R&B. So I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is it. I love it. Great song. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I just had some, I mean, some questions. Um, if this album brings back any childhood memories for you guys. Yes. Yes. My family, like. My grandparents like really, really, really like music, so they always are playing music in the house. And so, like one of those, one of some of the music that they 
were would play was like 100% like Michael Jackson and like as a kid we used to they used to buy us like me and my siblings the, Michael Jackson used to put out I don't know if he put them out or his company did but it was like a DVD that had a compilation of all his music videos on there and we would just sit there and watch them for like hours and hours and hours on end. So yeah, it brought back like a lot of memories of being with my family and stuff. Mm, what about you, Marin? Um, yeah, when I was younger, we listened to Michael Jackson a lot to the point that like certain like like you rock my world for some reason I have a memory of not you rock my world. I have a memory of watching um the way you make me feel, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. planted in my head. Um, I know the entire beginning to you rock my world. It's probably the thing I get asked to do the most when I'm with my friends. <laughs> um, I know I do Chris Rock and Michael's part right before the beginning. But yeah, it's it was a really important part of my childhood. Do you have any childhood memories with this album, uh, Nia? Uh, yeah. Um, my mom was a huge Michael Jackson like stan back in the 70s like mm-hmm. she she <laughs> I'm not going to tell her business but my mom was a fan. <laughs> um, you want to follow him on tour? <laughs> li- no, she did. <laughs> Listen, no. You want, you want the, I'm going to tell her ah, should I tell her business? Okay, my mom. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> She's not going to listen to this. But she her friend, they're in college, right? They make fake press passes to <gasps> to a show that he's doing at like the Fox Theater or something. Oh my god! And the the security believed her, and they saw the they Come said on, we are representing. Listen, she said we represent our college, um, and we are here for the press, and they let let him in. Did she? And, no, but oh. like she was like front row and oh come then, on bad bitch come on <laughs> it's giving yn your name right. like what no. do you want the second story like my mom was for real like she i don't even know how she got okay oh this is so she got <laughs> i don't know how this happened she got a phone number uh-huh. to the hotel he was staying at or something oh and, my god and oh, wait, we're said that she was <laughs> No, she said that like he was that was she said I'm a cousin and he picked up the phone and she hung up. Okay. What? <laughs> no, I'm dead ass. I'm not lying. I said, "Mom, you had him on the phone and you hung up." She said, "I was so nervous. I didn't think he'd pick up." I said, "Mother, what?" Cuz they believed her. She said, "I'm a cousin." And then they were like, "Okay. I would have at least Here's the been phone. like, "Oh my god, Michael." Right. <laughs> and then she hung said, up. "I hung right. up." Yep, she said oh, he. She heard him say crazy. hello, and then she hung up. That's insane. I, I'm telling on my mom. mom I apologize. Was doing the dang thing. No, that's good. <laughs> she lives in infamy now. That is funny. Uh, yeah. I just so, asked my mom. I don't think she was really into Michael Jackson though. But uh, yeah, we used to like my little brother was heavily into boys to men. Which kind of led him also being into Michael Jackson when he was like super young before you know he found anime and became a weeb. Um, <laughs> love you. <laughs> but uh, he used to sing "Boys to Men." I felt like he used to sing Michael Jackson too, just in the car because you know black parents love to be like, "What you know about that?" Once again, y'all play the same one hundred and twenty songs on repeat since I've been two. It's twenty four years later. 
yeah, I can sing the song, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you guys remember where you were when you heard that he passed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. at my house um, in the living room upstairs, and mm-hmm. we used to watch MTV a lot, and it, it they literally just broke the story on there. Like, they interrupted whatever was happening, and they were talking about that he passed away. And then my grandma, I remember her being, like, extremely upset. We were kind of yeah. just in shock. Like, we didn't, like, we didn't think it was, like, true. We thought it was a hoax. Because, like, what do you mean right. he died? He was preparing to go on tour. So it was just very, like, surreal. Yeah. I I think I was in school. Or, like, it happened that night and I didn't find out until we woke up and I went to school. Yeah. So that was crazy. What about you, Mary? Do you remember? Yeah, I think I was vacationing in Ethiopia. My uncle told my family. <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody was just so surprised that he passed. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, you guys have a favorite MJ performance? Mine's mm. is the iconic one where he brings Chris Rock on stage. I don't have one. I mostly just listen to the mu- watch the music vi- videos. Chris Tucker, not Chris Rock. Uh huh. Chris Tucker, yeah, it was Chris Tucker. Yeah, not Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Maybe, maybe that one where he's doing that walk thing. You know, the one the, <laughs> NC, the NCT fans use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that one. But yeah, I'm like Marin. I mainly just listen to the songs and watch the music videos. But I feel like there was a performance he did with Beyonce. What am I imagining this? Hold hmm? on. I'm, I swear to God, there was something. I knew they met, but I was like, hmm? performance. I feel like I'm making this up in my There's head. There's pictures of them together. Uh, performance. Oh, okay. No, she just did a tribute. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, what about you, Nia? Do you remember? What's your, do you have a favorite Michael Jackson performance? Mm, well, Jackson 5 Michael was out singing and out performing, so I like a lot of Jackson 5 performances. Yes. Um, but Motown 25, obviously, like the okay. first like moonwalk showcase, he was definitely like doing his thing. But mm-hmm. m- like Michael as a child was out performing. Yes. He was, M- Mike was on, dance steps were perfect. <laughs> like he did the thing. What about oh. you, Tori? What in the world? Oh, keep going. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, go the ahead. The Chris Tucker performance is one of my favorite. Um, the clips that they used of him in the SWV um, version of Human Nature, I like that performance, too. The ones where he genuinely looks happy on stage. Because <laughs> yeah. we talked about this when you were off the internet, but Michael said he didn't like to tour, so... <laughs> mm, that doesn't shock me. Right. Um. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed... To- oh, wait. Will we rate the album... I give it a 4.8 out of 5. I give it a 5 out of 5. I'll give it a 4.82. Yeah, I'll give it a 4.8 as well. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. Want to be starting something I think is my favorite track. Followed by... The fact that all these tracks are on there too. Yes. Like Billy, Thriller, P.I., all of that being on the same album is very ridiculous. (laughs) Very iconic right. of him. Very iconic of him. Um, one of you starting something is definitely my favorite. I think followed by Human Nature and then Pretty Young Thing. Top three. Um, Marin, 
PYT at number one, Baby is Mine at number two, and Billie Jean at number three. Mm, Corey? Yeah, I'll put um, Beat It Beat it at number one, Baby Be Mine at number two, and then probably uh, Billie Jean at number mm. three. And Nia? Um, I put Baby Be Mine at number one, um, PYT at number two, and then Want to Be Starting Something at number three. Mm. Oh, we hope you guys have enjoyed the kickoff to Spooktober. We're so excited. We have so much fun stuff coming up. And if you join our Discord, we'll actually let you guys know what we are going to be doing this Spooktober so you can watch ahead of time and then listen to our recaps and reacts. Uh, but until next time, make sure you give us that five star review. You can come talk to us on Twitter at comment or commented at t- oh Twitter at commented and TikTok at commented podcast. Uh, until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia, and I'm Decoria. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.